Hey, everybody. I'm Julia Furlan, and this is the news from BuzzFeed News. Today on the group chat, we're looking at how health and wellness become weaponized on Instagram. And then we'll give you a few stories that are breaking right now at this exact moment, so you don't need to make small talk about the weather. There are more things to talk about. Let's do it. I'm here to offer you a piece of advice, and that is... Don't get your wellness advice from people like me or from teens on Instagram. It seems pretty basic, but, you know, it's more common than you might think. This week on the group chat, we're talking about the ways that bonkers health information spirals out of control on Instagram. And we've got three reporters in the studio who cosplay as teens online, but in fact are actual adults in real life. Ryan Broderick, who you may know from his show, Internet Explorer, Rachel Krishna, and Ellie Hall. So, Rachel... Uh, a few weeks ago, you wrote kind of an insane story. As I edited it, I was continually blown away and upset. Um, it's called, These Teens Are Making Thousands of Dollars Promoting Risky DIY Self-Care Tips. How did you How did you find this? So I kind of found my way into this because I was looking at like threads on Instagram. Threads on Instagram are this really big thing right now. It's like little three or four photos explaining how you do this thing, how you get smoother skin, how you dress in a certain way, how you organize yourself the new school year. Um, and how good are these tips? Like, yeah, are they valuable? They're as good as, like, the t- you know, when we were, like, growing up and in, like, Cosmo magazine, that kind of stuff, there was, like, here's how you do this basic thing. Here's how you, like, customize your notebook for the new school year. So, like, you put some stickers on. It's the same thing over and over again. They're not really that inventive, but it's just kind of, like, now it uses, like, Instagram aesthetic kind of photos. So that yeah. updates it. Um, so I was looking into that um, because I was just, like, interested in it. Um, and I was interested in the way that a lot of them kind of banner under this term self-care. Right. Um, Which means nothing, right? Yeah, it used to mean something. Self-care used to kind of be this, like, radical idea that um, minority groups, young people, all these kind of people who had been essentially fucked over by the establishment didn't need to use them and could get medical advice, look after themselves by doing things like yoga um using like herbal remedies it was kind of very big in like the 60s and 70s and like the counterculture movement okay but but it's different now yeah it's different now because like everything in 2018 it's become intrinsically linked to capitalism (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so once again it's capitalism's fault yeah and so now self-care is it is still you know yoga but it's also buying the expensive yoga pants it's also still herbal remedies but it's buying 10 face masks that have like these you know have tea tree and blueberry in that cost you like ten dollars like a, a go it's they're kind of like linked to it the fancy uh, smoothies yeah fancy smoothies wait so uh our listeners might not know you and i don't live in america no <laughs> Ellie, you do live in America. Yes, I do. Are you subscribing to the capitalist hellscape form of self-care currently? Well, I do live in Washington, D.C. and uh, Oh, everything's very <laughs> fine there. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, I tend to think more of the self-care methods that Rachel was describing about, you know, let's go for a nice long walk and let's do some yoga or let's, you know, take a mental health day off from work or something. So the free ones? Uh, yeah. But even with free ones these days, because of social media, they have, like, the pressure to show that they're doing it. So you can no longer really just go and, like, 
I don't know, go to like a cabin in the woods and read a book or something. You have to gram it to show how carefree right. and like light you are. How peaceful it is, yeah. Yeah. And is that having an effect, do you think, on these teenagers that are basically commodifying their own like mental health? Yeah, because even discussions around mental health, mental health and self-care are very intrinsically linked because the idea is that if you practice self-care, it is good for your mental health. And these young people have kind of grown up in this world where discussions around mental health you know, it's a lot more open than it was even 10, 15 years ago. And so they kind of like link everything to mental health and they're always talking about how it's good for your mental health. But then they're using, they're doing this all via social media because they're all extremely digital native. They've just grown up in a world where they don't know anything but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So, Rachel, like how dangerous are some of these tips? Okay, so it's kind of like two variations here. So there's like bad advice there's stuff like here's how you lose weight in two weeks and it's like a bunch of like routines that won't do much to your body it's just like do 10 sit-ups a day and like jump um or like they'll like do a kind of jokey photo sets where it's like here's how to feel beautiful and the second one's like you're already beautiful but all the, <laughs> but all the pictures wow. in there are like skinny light-skinned women right and so it's kind of like you know messing with like the mental perception there of being like well why aren't you putting different women in here why aren't you putting like a variation then there's advice on these platforms which could generally like cause physical harm um apple cider vinegar is a really big one which we keep going back to because it it's so popular it has popped up for years in this kind of like home remedy, like do it yourself, face masks, uh, use it as a toner, as in a skin toner. Um, the issue with it is um, if you use it too much um, or if you use it like too heavily in one go, it can cause burns on your skin. Um, and that's similar to a lot of like products sold in these like affluent skincare regimes. Like you can get burned and you can cause serious skin damage from that. So I have a question, and I don't. I feel like it's very easy, particularly for me, to be like teenagers are all all have a brain disease and are all crazy, but like that's not really true because like teenagers have always always been stupid, and like especially on the internet, and you can you can just watch it play out. Like Ellie did a lot of great work around like girls who fell in love with ISIS members via Tumblr like two years ago. Like this is not a new phenomenon, but would you say it is safe to call like let's call it like visual living like a aste- like really insane aestheticism like this does seem new to me yeah well i mean like the reason that this lives on instagram is because instagram is so heavily aesthetic like you see people heavily curate what they put on instagram to the extent where they like they won't post like a nice picture of their boyfriend because it doesn't have the right filter on it which fits their aesthetic where they're going for like the black and white or blue filter on their page <laughs> they won't they will take a photo of a thing just because it fits a certain aesthetic and then with these like self care pages you kind of see that taken to a real real extreme where these pages are trying to teach people to live to this aesthetic. It's like, here's how you look like this skinny white girl with a yellow hoodie on who's got a balloon above her or is cuddling a sunflower. What's really interesting to me um, is I, I read Rachel's story and I wanted to start looking into, you know, if this was a thing on other parts of the internet. Pinterest and Instagram have so much more of this misinformation or even if it's not misinformation, it's there's no real way to call people out on something because people often on Instagram, won't scroll through the comments. Pinterest, you know, there's really no way to comment. And that's different from a site like Reddit, where uh, if you want to exchange makeup tips or skincare tips and you're wrong, 
people will call you out on it. Oh, yeah, they'll and get pe- you. And people will, like, you know, link out to studies and say, no, no, don't do this, do this, don't do that. It's interesting that you mentioned Pinterest and Instagram, because I do think that Instagram is being treated very similar to the way people used to treat Pinterest, which was like, I mean, let's be, let's be totally cards on the table. They're a site populated by women, so people just, like, aren't taking them seriously. Do you think that, like, this type of misinformation floats through these sites because everyone's like, oh, it's for teen girls, like, who gives a shit? Do you think there's a bit of that attitude when it comes to moderating these sites? I think so, especially with Pinterest. Um, Pinterest has many, many, many anti-vax boards on it. Oh, no, I run a few of them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, that that's an example of how, you know, what this platform that people don't take seriously can be spreading horrible misinformation that has real world effects on people and you know beyond you know oh i used apple cider vinegar on my face and now i have burns which is horrible but you know okay well let, let, let it, let's 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 talk about the moderation because yeah. i think so i sit across from you in our london office yeah. uh, and i've listened to you fight with instagram for weeks now over all of this stuff uh, the, the couple things are boiled down to is one instagram is a really huge platform and so they, I think, in a way, had no idea that this kind of stuff was going on. Shocking. Um, they, <laughs> they didn't really seem to, you know, understand the kind of, like, misinformation going on here. Um, and then this kind of second point to that was that Instagram is, a, is what they call a self-referring platform. And that means that if someone sees something they don't like, they need to refer it or report it, you know, flag it, whatever. Um, and then the moderators will go through it and try and work out if it's a bad thing or not. We've seen that completely misused with things like women's nipples on Instagram already, where someone reports a woman breastfeeding and Instagram's like, well, it's a boob, so off you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it kind of comes under scrutiny here because the, the, as a lot of dermatologists, I spoke to dermatologists and like, you know, actual doctors for this piece who were like, yeah, I've seen all this. I get into fights about it myself on Instagram. That was I, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In your story? Yeah. That's like amazing that like a doctor would be having teenagers bully them over genuine practical medical A doctor advice. getting butt actually on Instagram by a teen <laughs> is... Yeah, or just like, yeah. you know, these like self-care mums as well, the goop mums who are like putting all this <laughs> kind of stuff on it. It's like an army of... Gwyneth Paltrow's army fighting like these like scientists. Well, it, it sort of blows my mind that, you know, you, you, you see... Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's insane self-care industry thing, selling the same stuff as Alex Jones, which in my mind means that this isn't, this is a much larger social issue than I think the three of us are probably prepared to even grasp at the moment, right? Because if, if everyone on the internet is deciding that they want to live in an alternate reality where like, you know, putting cocoa on your skin will open its pores because it's like aesthetically pleasing to photograph, like that's a really weird breakdown in like culture, right? It's a breakdown in, well, the dermatologist, again, who I was speaking to made a really good point. You know, the original self-care movement, like I said, came out of this distrust of, like, higher authorities and everything like that. And it's kind of happening again now. The kind of pieces are in the same place as it were almost 40 years ago, where a lot of people distrust traditional medicine. Um, They distrust, like authorities telling them what to do and because of the internet and like a lot of the information on the internet people are like I can work it out myself Mm. Um, I have so many friends young women who build their own skincare routines and put on a lot of stuff on their face like 
As in like five, six step skincare routines in the evening, four step in like the morning. And you ask them why they do it and they don't understand why they're doing it. It's because they see these things online. They see that there's, you know, three different oils now for your face, whatever, whatever. And they do it themselves instead of like just going to a doctor or going to a professional and being like, what do I need to do for my skin? I think that's part of the the problem, too, with the regulation of this Um, across the board when you're talking about, you know, whether it's makeup tips or these supplements that are being sold by Alex Jones and by Goop and are also, you know, on these Instagram pages. For most people, if you take this advice, you're not going to get anything out of it. You know, you'll you'll probably just take a few more vitamins or maybe you'll get lucky and what you put on your face doesn't make you break out. So if you personally have no horrible effects from it, you have to have a lot of, I would say... uh, a lot of willpower and character to turn down a company approaching you oh, yeah. about oh. something that you're not sure about or you'll you've tried once when they're like, "Hey, here is, you know, $25,000 if you put this on your Instagram page that has a million followers." I mean, that's a lot of money. But the point I made to that was which we found in this piece is that a large amount of these teen influencers aren't making $25,000. So how much money are they making? So if I kind of put this in perspective for you, because I spoke to someone who works within kind of like the PR, the influencer industry, and I was like, what do the big names get? Like, what does Zoella get for like her Instagram posts and this kind of thing? And Zoella, as a ballpark ring, Zoella has 10 million followers on who, Instagram? Who is, who is Zoella? I'm not oh. a teen. Oh, no, no, no. It's also, it's also okay because you're not British either. Zoella is, I would argue, the biggest British online influencer. Okay. She's Good massive. For her. Um, so for like a general Instagram post, so Wella's going into like the tens of thousands of pounds, so tens of thousands of, do- of dollars, like, right. you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, like big for just one post. For, per post. Yeah. And what kind of stuff does she advertise? Just, I'm curious. Uh, anything. It's all kind of, again, life, aesthetically self-carry, lifestyle stuff, candles, makeup, nice little jumpers that look really cozy slippers you know like that kind of stuff which is very kind of like ooh I will say that like the UK side of this tends to be a lot more twee Mm. it's a lot of like it's like I love to drink tea in my cozy flat and like (laughs) it's like very like aspirational like white lady stuff yeah so um these teens uh, going back to that how much they're making for it these teens are making about for a post I would say about 20 quid wow so thirty dollars. I, I think that was something that reading your piece, I was sort of most horrified by. I, I was sort of hoping they'd be more cynical. Yeah, I'd be. I was sort of being like, "Oh, this is awesome! Like it's a con. They're going to make their money, and that's it." And they're like, "No, we think we're generally providing a good service for people, and we'd like to do this." I'm sure there are those in there who are just gaming it. Like I'm not going to doubt that there probably are a bunch of maybe. Slightly older than these kids. Most of them I spoke to were about 16. There's probably a bunch of about 18 to 20 year olds who have seen this go big and are now gaming it to do this. But there's a kind of like, what if I can make a career out of this sort of thing? And I'm seeing it more and more on Instagram and the way that people use Instagram particularly is like, what if this is how I make my career? So of the, the teens you talked to who were who were running these you know self-care pages... How much of it for them is let me make some money and how much of it is like I genuinely want to help people, you know, have perfect skin, lose weight, have more energy? I think there is a focus on money. I'm not going to lie. I spoke the the smaller influencer that I spoke to, um, his goal was that he wanted to grow his page because then you get better sponsorship deals. The bigger page you get, you know, the better sponsor, the better of like apps that will work with you, the more likely you are to like get um, like actual products on the page. 
But they always kept going back to the fact that they thought they were doing something good. Like they weren't making money in a bad way. They weren't being these bad people who, you know, exploit people and make money and they're not like doing a boring, like working at a checkout job. They're, they're trying to do good. And through that, they are making a career and making money. So I guess my last question with all this, as I sort of process the end of the world here, is like, is this sort of a trend that will get worse and get bigger and get crazier? Or do you think this is something we look back on where we're just like, remember that weird time where like everyone was just like doing weird Instagram pages for no reason? The core of these Instagram pages we've seen before, like I was saying, it's the same advice that we saw in the teen magazines that we all read like 20 years ago. And so I don't think the core of this is going to like change. Um, social media platforms, as we're kind of seeing, or as we have seen, are kind of like momentary. If this does, if it doesn't stay on Instagram, it'll go somewhere else at some point. These teens already use, you know, Pinterest. We heart it. There'll be another platform, and they'll move on to that, or they'll do it in a different way. I mean, it's starting on Twitch. Yeah, I, I noticed. Like, really? Pe- oh yeah, people do like, like people. Are will teen do girls doing it? Teen girls will do sponsored like makeup tutorials on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's not like people are ever going to want to stop looking good. Yeah. We just all have to agree to become uglier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. You're already there, Ryan. This Don't worry great. about it. That was reporters Ryan Broderick, Rachel Krishna, and Ellie Hall. This is the group chat, so we want to hear from you. You're part of our group now. This week, we want to know, what are your thoughts on the self-care trend? Is it beneficial, or is it just capitalism gone completely off the rails? Text JoJo the words group chat to 929-236-9577 to share your thoughts. Thank you so much to everybody who's texted us so far. It's very exciting. So now we have Push Alert, which is the podcast version of your phone going... <laughs> 45 times with bad news because it's 2018. Tom Namako, breaking news editor, captain of the ship. Hello. 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 My phone goes all the time. Yeah, I know. It's, so, a, it's, a, it's a terrible phone. So our first story is a BuzzFeed News exclusive. Hello. We reported that Governor Andrew Cuomo ordered the New York Attorney General's office to suspend its investigation into whether or not the 2015 investigation into Harvey Weinstein was mishandled. So this is not a great look for Cuomo. He made a big deal when this investigation was opened, and then it took our reporter to kind of get a tip that he had to confirm to find out that it was suspended. Um, People, you know, kind of have the right to be skeptical about this. We're now, you know, especially after Me Too, we are in this world where powerful people um, are generally uh, being treated with distrust when it comes to sexual assault allegations. We've seen things like NDAs and all kinds of ways to, you know. Manipulate the victims and protect the powerful. Exactly. And now one way that Cuomo is going to have to really explain an answer for this is tonight where he's going to face off for the first time against Cynthia Nixon in a debate. And there's just no question he's going to be asked about it. I can't wait. I'm going to be watching. Yep. Same. Louis C.K., disgraced comedian who had exposed himself to several women he worked with against their will, performed at a comedy club for the first time this week. Um, It was his first gig since he left the spotlight disgraced. And he had a standing ovation before he even started his 15-minute set. 
Tom, tell me what the push alert is here. So this has set off a big back and forth in the comedy community. Um, and we especially have some very talented women comedians who are like, what <laughs> is going on here? Absolutely. Um, and, and it raises the question of, did he, in all theory, serve his time? Did, you know, was his disappearance long enough you know right it was like 10 months right it was like around 10 months i think it was like nine months I mean, he wasn't criminally you know investigated oh, or key detail here is that he admitted to doing this yes exactly so you have uh megan amram who says you know quote i literally cannot think of anything crueler than not giving a white man a second chance with options for a third and fourth uh, right i think my favorite tweet about this from Sarah Lazarus was, I'm still on the same shampoo bottle as when Louis C.K.'s timeout started. Oh, so good. So true as a frame. <laughs> and you've got like Padma Lakshmi who says, you know, not falling for this Louis C.K. quote unquote triumphant return narrative after years of him humiliating women who worked for and with him. These discussions are ongoing, and I think it's really important that they're happening in public, and they are layering nuances on on top of nuances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tom Namako, thank you so much for being here. I can see that your phone is already blowing it, up. It is blowing up. <laughs> thank you for having me, but I, I, I have to get out of here. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all lit up. Bye, Tom. Bye. That was Breaking News Editor Tom Namako. Last week, we asked you how you felt when you heard about the allegations against Asya Argento. So many of you have texted really smart comments, and we're really grateful for that. And one of you sent in an answer that I think is really thoughtful, and I wanted to share it with everybody in this here group chat. Listener, you said, Abuse is cyclical, and it leaves long-lasting damage. This doesn't excuse Asya Argento's behavior, but it should be part of the context in which we place it. Listener, I really appreciate that kind of thoughtful analysis. And as our conversations about sexual assault get more and more complex, we have to be aware that context matters and we have to take it really seriously. So thank you so much for texting us. And don't forget, everybody else, we want to hear your opinion on this week's group chat question. This week's question is, what are your thoughts on the self-care trend? Is it beneficial or is it just capitalism gone completely off the rails? Text JoJo the words group chat to 929-236-9577. And if you want to sign your text with your name, go for it. That way I won't have to call you starfish or banana hat or princess or whatever it is that I come up with. I'm not very good at that, so you know. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, rate and review us in Apple Podcasts because it's very important. Be like Dr. Chug Clamato, who wrote, I don't know what happened, but this podcast has become part of my ritual. Somehow, even though the stories can be bleak, the show feels light and conversational. Pretty darn refreshing. Well, Mr. Dr. Chuck Clamato, thank you for listening, and thank you so much for writing that review. It really means a lot to have you on the other side listening to us. We appreciate it. This show was produced by the Pod Squad. That's Megan Dietry, Alex Laughlin, Camila Salazar, Ahmed Ali Akbar, and me, Julia Furlan. Our boss is Cindy Vanegas Jaswale, and our music is by Chad Crouch. You can follow us on Twitter, and you should, we're very clever, at BuzzFeed Audio, and you can email us at podsquad at buzzfeed.com. And special thank you to JoJo, who, fun fact, has a very elaborate self-care routine that involves defragging their drive, 
putting oil everywhere that it's necessary, and unplugging. You know, it's important to unplug. Let's all unplug. Join us on Saturday for another episode of the news from BuzzFeed News. Dr. Chug Clamato, I love Clamato too.